Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 5 of the Switchcraft podcast. My name is Jana and this week I'm not sitting here as usual with Benne. We decided to get a new co-host, meaning me, and yeah, I'm sitting here with Julian Buono. Hello everyone, how's it doing? Yeah, you met him before and uh, since Benne decided to step down, we... Uh, yeah, we two decided to keep it going, so... Yeah, yeah right. We're gonna rock this. <laughs> and, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Um, we're gonna start with our first segment called Back in My Day. Yeah, it seems that there is a slight bit of confusion in the overall... Um, not European scene about the European scene, so we decided to clarify a few things just so that you know who's who, basically. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the OGs of the German scene, and we try to do it in a bit of a chronological order, but yeah. Yeah. So we're first going to start off with the man himself, Martin Winkler. The veteran. <laughs> he's, he's from uh, Bavaria, from Munich. And he basically started fingerboarding as we know today. Like, he says that there's been other people doing it as well, but basically what they did were was taking cardboard and plastic and cutting it out and taking wheels out of matchbox cars and hot wheels and stuff like that and gluing it all together. And Yeah, the first... The first person to actually press a deck with a self-made Lego uh, mold you know that that was the start with the with the uh, the back wall of an IKEA cardboard yeah. thing whatever you know like do it yourself yeah and uh, yeah after after Winkler, Winkler started like his thing I think there were like Two people we're going to mention basically side by side because those three basically were the spearheads of the German scene and basically came along uh, like around the same time. So we're first going to talk about, or next going to talk about uh, Martin Ehrenberger. Ernie, the CEO and founder of Black River, who basically decided somewhere in 99 to take whatever he was been doing with skateboard ramps and just shrink it down. So the first professionally made wooden uh, wooden obstacles and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, together with, uh, with Ernie, at the same time a bit more north in Germany, in Berlin, Timo Lieben uh, started his thing. And yeah, he started Berlinwood. And uh, back then he was as far as we know, the first one to actually made, make decks from real wood. Yeah, plywood, five plies, yeah. exactly pressed in a mold as a skateboard. That was the start of a wooden fingerboard craftsmanship. Yeah, and before that there was only tech deck, and like as a commercial uh, product, and yeah. And then Timo basically decided to do the first wood boards. And at first he was working together with Carpenter, and then he later went on to do it on his own. Yeah. And uh, 
This was uh, basically the birth time of one of the greatest technical fingerboarders we know to date. That yeah. is Boris Dicci. Boris Dicci was also, uh, well, the first Winkler wheels with bearing wheels. So the first professional fingerboard wheels that Martin Winkler made were named after him. The clockwork Dicci yeah. Swiss Precision. T-Rex. Yeah, and DG was uh, back then riding for Tech Deck, and I think he was one of those who was riding on a Tech Deck for quite a while, but eventually he also switched to a Berlinwood. Yeah. And back then uh, we were already riding foam grip tape, but it was all cut out and stuff. A bit of funny side note. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like to recap to this point, the, it's quite important to know that. In the German scene, there's multiple Martins and multiple Timos, and not of all of them are the same person. Exactly. <laughs> It's not schizophrenia, people. <laughs> right. Yeah, and um, pretty much after that, uh, there was the Kassel Ost crew, which, to my knowledge, was the first crew, and they were huge back then. They had their own uh, line with uh, Berlinwood. And I think it was the first Berlinwood graphic boards, at least yeah. the first that I saw, and I still have mine to this day. That's that's like the paper graphics, yeah. That's, right? Those were basically paper graphics with some layer of of plastic above and like very thick. Right, and right. Yeah. So and on a little side note, Kalpli makes graphics like that today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tobias Fieler had. Uh, one of the greatest uh, pro models to this date, the uh, pedophiler. Oh, yeah. right. It was a controversial <laughs> topic back then. I wonder why. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, after that, there was uh, another one of those really technical dudes from back in the day. Like, Boris Dicci did, I think, in the, in the first... Uh, in the first Pissing Fingers, did a nolly heel onto, into a grind, and Fabian Schreiter, also called, or better known as Afrobi, he did, like, nolly tricks when no one was doing nolly tricks. Yeah, the first one to actually do a switch Casper flip on a fingerboard, a switch flip to Casper slide combinations, really like things... burial heel into nose grinds, and really technical but also really creative and out of the box kind of yeah and he uh, he also released a video back then so if you want to check out videos from back in the day the you probably all have seen the uh, pissing fingers but also the uh, i think there's a castle ost video or i know there is and uh, the afrobis world Uh, it's also a DVD from back in the day, and the Porn Storm, which we may touch on later. Yeah. Yeah, um, why don't you take the next one? Oh, right. Um, the next one who has made a really big impact is Thomas Hansen. Thomas Hansen was also uh, from uh, southern Germany and was associated with the whole crew around uh, Martin Ehrenberger and Winkler. And basically, he, when Berlinwood merged together with 
Black River from Berlin, like they established uh, common workshops in Bavaria, uh, in Schwarzenbach, where Black River was based. And uh, uh, Schwarzenbach translates to Black River, that's oh, right, exactly. where the name comes from. Exactly, and Hansen started the first fingerboard mag. Yeah, um, so he was conducting interviews with the greats in the scene where uh, Martin Winkler, as a veteran, with uh, Timo Kranz, we're going to touch on later, with uh, uh, Mike Schneider, who you probably all know. So he was, um, as well as doing a bit of uh, actuality and news, he was interviewing the greats, kind of. And also, Hansen was uh, quite in influential back then in the judging scene, because I think he right. judged a lot of uh, contests back then. I, I thought I never met him, but then uh, it turned out that uh, we judged a contest together, like, 12 years ago. Yeah, well, the fingerboard scene is a small place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was one of those those guys who were always down for judging. And, yeah, as we touched on just now, Timo Kranz is the next one. And I think Timo Kranz is one of those, like, today I would call them the big four of the German scene. Yeah, he's definitely the, one of the most the active two, people. Yeah, like the two Timos and the two Winklers are basically what... The cornerstones. Yeah, and so what Timo Kranz did was uh, he worked at... Uh, He was working at a skate shop and they had a Black River Park. And then he was like doing little events and getting all these kids into fingerboarding. Yeah, starting little workshops when he was seeing that people were outside riding on the park. He was always coming out and, hey, do you guys know how to all lay on the fingerboard? And he was teaching always people. And he, uh, he was actually the first world champion ever, or what they called the world cha championship. No. It was. He, Elias. No. Nope. Elias is the first. No, no, he wasn't. Wait. Elias uh, Elias was later. He, Elias was the first world champion under the Black River brand. But in like 98 or something, there was a contest in, uh, I think even in in the county where Timo is from. And Timo won that. And he showed me video evidence of a, of a, uh, of a like news news TV broadcast about that and where he was interviewed and there it actually says uh, fingerboard world champion so yeah it was like a like a funny f thing on the side it wasn't really organized back then so basically anyone could say oh we're hosting the world championship <laughs> yeah and uh, Timo Kranz then uh, founded the Asi Berlin team, yeah. I think you can say a bit yeah. more about that because you were. The Asi Berlin team home. was, um, uh, well, the Asi Berlin team. Uh, Kranz exactly as the founder, and then there was uh, Dimitri Schlotter, namely, who was a technical prowess and still is today. Like he's the guy who comes back to the store after having not touched a fingerboard and maybe a year and with the beer in his hand just does a nolly heel backside nose blunt on the highest rail he can there, find. There, there are like so many stories about Dimi like one of them is at a contest final he didn't know what to do in the finals 
And oh, he basically right. was taking trick submissions during his run, and the crowd yeah. was shouting trick submissions, and he did he all of them. He was slamming them, first just try. slamming them first try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, like, no, we have very technical wizards today, like Nico Frank is really consistent rider, but no shade to Nico, Dimitri would smoke him in a contest, like... If, probably, probably. If he would enter today, he would probably just win the next Fast Fingers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so to get back to Team Kranz, uh, of course, uh, after he founded the uh, Azi Berlin team, it then later turned uh, turned into the Black River store, which then turned into the Azi Berlin store. Yeah. Yeah. And also worth a mention are Flaki. Flaki was um, uh, the guy who did the first Berlin wood engravings um, namely graffiti uh, writing style engravings and um, yeah and he also founded Chortwood. Yeah and which then turned into Flaked and he he's like a huge graffiti artist and still does a lot of graffiti to this day and once in a while you see him dabble his dabble into fingerboarding but I think he's more or less out of the scene. Yeah, kind of out of the picture since the kids arrived and stuff like yeah. that. Um yeah, then there's uh Elias Asmud who is probably one of the, the, the most next technical wizard. Yeah. <laughs> the next technical wizard. Like he Definitely. I I remember uh, the the contest that I like the fast fingers that I judged was the first uh, European Championship, and uh, he went on to win the thing. And in the final run, we were debating between him and the other guy who was basically in contention to win the thing. And the thing that we didn't like about his style, which looking back is mental, was like he just did kickflips, but he did like every kickflip like kickflip nose grind uh, ollie okay. off uh, kickflip uh, 50 kickflip off and he was doing like everything into kickflip and landing everything first try so that is why he ended up winning and that's kind of what what marks him like he's really known for having kickflips down and and also uh, he was I think a bit influential in the spreading of the scene in Germany. Yeah, the first kickflip on national TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I was there when, when the whole thing got filmed, because it was the contest that I uh, judged. Like, a huge TV team turned up with the huge cameras, and they did one of the first, like, on a major TV station, things about fingerboarding, and it was centered about, uh, about him, and which was perfect since he ended up winning uh, the event and yeah was like he after that he went on to do interviews and other major channel tv shows and that's something that a lot of people who knew me and knew that i, I fingerboarded went on like oh have you seen this i i saw something about your hobby and it was yeah. like kind of a big deal and yeah and then the last of what we call the the old heads, like from that that time before the hype really started again, or really started in 
2008, because the first hype was around 2003, 2004, and the next hype was around 2008. And yeah, so the last guy, like pre-hype, uh, is uh, Manuel Oberle. Yeah, founder of Grip Skin Fingerboards, who uh, also um, was a bit uh, a big filmer back in the yeah. days. He did like the uh, the Pornstone videos, I think, were filmed by him, or I think he was associated with them. I don't know exactly how it went, but I think the Pornstone had something to do with Manu, but I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure about that, to be quite honest. Okay. We, we we might need to fact check that. Yeah, it could it could be, and yeah, and Manuel Oberle still fingerboards to this day. Did like a didn't he do a artist series with Flint? Um, he did a photo series yeah. with uh, with Flint with his Hong Kong uh, journey pictures. Also did the design for the current Burnwood packaging. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's big on those aspects on photographic design and uh, on general design. Yeah, and now we only gonna mention a few of the figureheads of the like later part of the German yeah, scene. Yeah, exactly, like a bit of a quick fire. Yeah, because because after that, it really started get going, and I think most of you know those people we would be talking about. And if you don't, there's enough documentation you could check <laughs> up yourself on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and like the first one is uh, Martin Beckmann, another Martin, and he's the the guy behind Fingerboard TV. Yeah. I um, think that's all we have to say about him. Big video outlet, also yeah. does uh, product blogs. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Kata, the girl who founded uh, the fingerboard store. FBS. Massively important yeah, still like, today. Yeah, I mean, now that we have the, the Aziz store, I think there's a bit competition. But before that, like, she was the only one you could get stuff from. Yeah, like, kind of. In one, like, not brand specific. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have, like, uh, we wrote them down as a trio because they all came up in the Aziz Berlin team. And they're like, Gene Zengis, Ramon Angelo, and Harry. Harald Schön. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know the Dirty Harry's YouTube channel, what are you even doing on this podcast? <laughs> Go pause it right now and yeah, check and, it out. And if you don't know who Gene or Ramon is, I think you find something with either one of those on Harry's channel. Yeah. And since, as we said, that pretty much wraps up everything that... Uh, the that happened, happened later you could just check it out on Harry's channel yeah and yeah so that concludes the back in my day section and we hope we cleared a bit uh, cleared it up a bit what happened and who is who and yeah and no schizophrenia <laughs> yeah yeah and so we're starting off with a new show topic uh, exactly. which you young came up with and this section is going to be called matter of preference because one of the uh, things I enjoy the most about fingerboarding is comparing setups with other riders, you know, because there's just so much variation and so many things that people enjoy that are actually completely different, you know. Yeah, like one thing you have to know about Julian, he's really specific about um, setups. Fucking picky. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> uh, like I 
probably learned more about decks and more about fingerboard stuff just from hanging out with him because he <laughs> pays attention to details that I'm like I'm someone I have like I don't know how many setups I have <laughs> like, ar around 12 and I I write all of them I have my preferences and I I have a shape that I like some wheels that I prefer trucks that I prefer but I still could write any other setup that I own and I could just pick them up do a few kickflips a few trays and um, I'm good and for me it's like uh I enjoy to actually have the setup of someone else in my hand and just do some tricks because it's actually completely different from mine. But still, I couldn't ride it for myself. If the trucks are higher than, I don't know, it's just not for me, you know? Yeah. So, right. so let's uh, do a very quick uh, check on what setups we, we use. What are you riding currently? I'm currently riding a Flint Artist Series, um, 32.5 millimeters, Dynamic Trucks, uh, 32mm chrome, and J Wheels Street Shape. Oh yeah, right, TKY bushings and FBS. Right. Yeah, and I, I have two setups that are currently my mains. Um, both of them are five lock decks. One is uh, 33 millimeter, the other, the other is uh, 34 millimeter. Uh, one of them has Black River trucks, one of them has dynamic trucks, one of them has uh, flat face wheels, uh, like the Black River edition, and the other one has uh, cartwheel minis, which I enjoy a lot. Like, I was yeah, really blown right. away by them. That's a, that's a nice innovation that Cartwheels yeah. did there with uh, amplifying the shape range. Really props for that, Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and right. I uh, I also have uh, uh, board rails on one of my setups. <laughs> See, that's a thing I would never do. Yeah, I, I, I shy away from that now because I liked my setups as heavy as possible. Mm -hmm. But I... And I'm... I don't want my setups to be as light as possible either, because you are one of I'm the ones... I'm big on that. <laughs> ...to get it as light as possible. And I'm a bit more in the middle now, so I wouldn't put board rails on there just to make it more heavy, but it's still okay for me. And bushings, I mainly write either TKYs or bushings. Right. Yeah. And today we want it to... Uh, kind of uh, gets our focus on deck shapes and what has been happening throughout uh, this time that we have been in a fingerboard scene, kind of. And uh, we noticed that the tendency has been increasingly uh, towards popsicle shapes. So um, we're drifting away from a realistic skateboard shape and are more moving in really round kicks, uh, short wheel bases, low concaves. I mean, that's not necessarily unrealistic, but still um, really low kicks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so like when it first started, like in those early Berlinwood days, uh, decks would be as close to a realistic proportion as possible. Exactly. And... Uh, it would have been like around 26 millimeters back then and still as long as they are today 
or sometimes even longer. I mean, um, and yeah, it, over the years it got like wider, the nose and tail got more defined, because that wasn't really a thing back then. Exactly, and the dips got more defined. That's um, that's a thing you can you can clearly see in like old Berlin woods that the molds they were pressed with weren't as specific about dips. Yeah. Uh, the 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 concave is kind of more it's kind of a wave uh, the highest point is in the middle and it kind of flows down from the middle to both directions yeah and in, in the old ones it's basically a flat with two uh, two things on the side kind of yeah and yeah so people like very different shapes and there there's like so many companies who do decks so just find something that that you like or find out what you like and then try to look for uh, something that you could like and try stuff like even julian is very picky about setups yeah even he tries a lot and yeah exactly i i mainly um used for the last eight years a berlin wood 32 millimeter low and i was kind of fixed on that but I noticed, very yeah, very <laughs> fixed. But I noticed as soon as I tried to started uh, started to try new things, uh, I kind of unlocked new new tricks in my repertoire, repertoire and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's really important to yeah, sometimes change it up. And I have I have different setups for different things. Like a lot of people would go like, oh, I have a bowl setup and. And this setup, and yeah, I have setups that I like learning tricks with. Or I have, uh, since I have so many different wheels, depending on the ground I'm skating, I gonna switch my setup. Like I yeah. may have like some something very grippy, like a wasaki or an oak, or something very uh, very hard, so it's uh, very slippery, like a Winkler wheel or a flat face wheel. So there's basically, you know, like two contrasting approaches to a set of matter. There's try new things and, um, you know, develop a taste, kind of. Yeah. But there's also, in my opinion at least, never touch a running system kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah, like, I, I get uh, that. I, I like to switch it up, but... I know my preferences and I know that that's what gives me the best performance kind of yeah, and thing. For, for me, I, for example, I learned tricks with very light setups. So I I have a catfish with dynamics, which I think is my lightest setup. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, what I learned like nolly trays with and got nolly yeah. heels down and like more of the technical tricks and getting them into grinds and stuff. Even though it's not my preferred setup overall, it has a specific use case for me. And so if you have multiple setups, try to find what you like about each setup and what you like it for. Definitely. Yeah, so I, I think that wraps up that section. So I'd we're so. going to yeah. go straight into the news. So first of all, this week something happened in the skateboarding scene that kind of splashed over to the fingerboard scene since a lot of us got influenced by the Thrasher magazine and yeah. the editor of Thrasher, Jake Phelps died and yeah that that's something that was quite heavy for a lot of us who grew up 
on these magazines and and still watch fresh on youtube read fresher and yeah exactly like that has been a great loss for yeah. the skateboard and i'd say so for the fingerboard community as well yeah. in a minor degree but still yeah yeah but uh, let's get to some lighter topics um at we're both locals at the Azi berlin uh, shop and Lately, I think a lot of you noticed that it's gotten a bit easier to get Harrier ramps. Oh, yes, for fuck's sake, finally! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Harry has uh, started to massively double down on Harrier stocks. Like, um, yeah. you can basically get a fresh stock every few days. And that's just amazing because back uh, back in my days, kind of when the Black River store was in the middle of his of of its hype, um, you could regularly just buy a Harrier there, and those days kind of returned. So I'm seeing it as, um, you know, the boom is coming back, kind of. Yeah, and I I also like that. You can see Harry hanging out in the shop uh, and trying to figure out new things and trying new stuff. And exactly. if if that's just things like only filling up a mold halfway to get like a slasher curb out of it, or yeah. creating something completely new, like the Hennemon, oh yeah, which Hennemon. is a ramp that he brainstormed with Ramon, like Ramon Angelo, whom we touched earlier, and a good friend of ours. Uh, Uh, Chris Hennemann. Oh yes. And so you take Hennemann and Ramon, put them together, and you get Hennemann. Hey. And and there's a there's a bit of interesting trivia about that ram, because uh, it has been kind of designed by those two riders because they went on to say what they would like in the ram, but um, there's also a third party that has played. A, bili a big influence in what that ramp looks like. Uh, if you've seen it, you'd notice that the the corners of the manual pad are shaped like a coping, and those are actually copings from a historic coping mold that Peter Ringe from Predex designed, and uh, yeah, he kind of the mold got passed on to to Harry so that's the reason why um the you outer shaping the outer lining of the manual pad actually looks like copings and just to uh give you a short idea what the ramp looks like it's uh basically a manual pad that's like around six centimeters tall i think and yeah, yeah five, four, five, four to six four, four to six some somewhere along those lines and The big thing is none of the sides are go straight down. They all have a very slight angle to it, so you yeah, can it's all banks. Yeah, so you can do slight like uh, you can slash and flash and yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was the idea behind that curb, and then exactly. of course the pool coping on top. They said basically we want a, an obstacle that's chilled but also could be used for very technical combinations. Yeah, and it's an amazing obstacle. Like, I really dig it. Yeah, so uh, the next topic 
uh, is the rendezvous. Yay! Rendezvous 29 is coming up April 6th, and I'm actually going. Yeah. I got the tickets. That's yeah. really cool. And I'm a bit jealous of you. Ah. Maybe I, I finally get to join you next time. Yeah, we definitely have to organize a yeah. kind of a Berlin trip plane. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stop at Amsterdam because I want to have a smoking lounge, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, it's going to be massive. Um, yeah, look forward to hearing back from you. Oh, yeah, you're going to get such a footage spam. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, right. Yeah, and the next big contest, we finally, like after, I think, three, two years where we mm -hmm. didn't. Two years of gap. Yeah, we have... Finally, Fast Fingers number 20. Yeah. And Fast Fingers number 20 is coming up July 6th. 6th. Yeah. That and I'm, I'm looking so forward to the last Fast Fingers I was at was the Fast Fingers 10. So I'm stoked that I, uh, I get to go to Fast Fingers 20. It's, it, I, I think, I, at least I think it's, it's something cool. Of course, of course. I mean... Yeah, um, and it's how many years Black River? Um, I think 98 is where they started, but I'm not sure. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I, I think the actual production of Fingerboard Obstacles started in 99, so it might ah, be okay. 20 it years. Might, that, it's that 20 could, years, probably. That could be. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's sick. They're going to come up with, with some massive things, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah you're going to hear all, all about it. And... Yeah, also the Azubelin store uh, started a new thing where they do a store session every last Saturday of each month. So if you either from local. Uh, either are local or are in the somewhat greater area, come that's down. A, that's a good date to stop by. And every month, last Saturday of the month. Come down, have a session, have a laugh. Yeah. And lastly, before we wrap it up, we're just gonna do a quick uh, rapid fire about uh, upcoming products. Yeah. So, um, as you probably have all seen, Catfish Barbecue and Unique both are uh, finally kind of um, doing complete setups with uh, Dynamics, Dynamic Trucks in, in Chrome. And J4 flat face wheels. So this is kind of the first time that there are complete setups that are generated from head to toe in the US. We're going to see what consequences that has yeah, for the European market. Kind yeah, of. If, if that has any influence on the black rail trucks, we don't know. But I think it will get a few people started with dynamic trucks already. And yeah, it's a really cool thing that they're both doing that. And if you want to get some dynamic trucks in Europe, the momentarily best way to get them is from the Norwood Project, the UK's only specialized fingerboard store by Pete Bergen. That's such a cool guy. Yeah, Shout out is. to him. Um, right. Um, and next. Oh, right. Yeah, and also, like we touched on earlier, Cartwheels got new, oh. new shapes. And... I got pretty much all of them. I'm missing the Mega Cores, but they now have the uh, the classic dual bearing wheels, which 
mostly fit for uh, uh, tech deck trucks and uh, Y trucks. Then they have the cartwheel single bearing wheel, which is like the it's a very long wheel. Like I underestimated that at first. Then now they have the mini cores and the mega cores. The mini cores are size wise comparable with mini oaks. Oh yeah, and right. Look a bit like like they reminded me on uh, flat face dual uh, uh, dual, dual barometers. Yeah, from yeah. the length. Yeah, yeah right. Because exactly, exactly. they're a bit longer than. Mm-hmm regular wheels but i think they're amazing and the mega cores have a really big core as the name says yeah so next thing flint is doing an old school stock with mini logos um those are screen printed i mean honestly who the fuck screen prints graphics that's crazy um yeah really well shaped decks um quality just quality and be fast to be quite honest because they're um always limited and they're sold out like concert tickets to be honest yeah and there are obviously other uh, brands like for uh, especially the american brands who do stock drops like all the time but it's kind of rough to figure out those in in advance so if you know any like hit me up or you're probably down for it as well. Sure, hit, sure. Hit, hit us up if you uh, know something that's coming up in a few weeks, because that's like the the time frame we would like to work with. Not something that's coming up next week, but exactly so that you have enough time to actually set your alarms. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that wraps up the first episode with Julian, and Yay. it's hopefully not going to take as long uh, as it did with the last episode. Um, a side note on that, I also did record an episode with Benne in that in that time with TKY, an interview episode, but it got lost due to really bad audio, uh, audio uh, interferences, so we had to scratch that episode. So maybe we'll get back to TKY in the future, but yeah. So we'll yeah. see how that plays out. Yeah, so... We hope you enjoyed this and yeah, thank you all for listening and yeah. catch you next time. Keep fingerboarding. Bye. Peace. <laughs>